0: Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Drew Podcast, and uh, we get to Justin Sylvester today from Daily Pop on E and Just the Sip. And he and I get into everything race, gender, sexuality. It's a really interesting conversation. Stay with it. And let me remind you that more than 37 million Americans are affected by migraine. The condition impacts one in every five women and 10% of school aged children. Can begin at any age, usually peaking in your 30s. Migraine attacks include serious and debilitating symptoms such as nausea, difficulty concentrating, thinking clearly, and sensitivity to light, sound, or odors. There are resources available to help you manage migraine symptoms. Talk to your physician about treatment options, and talk to your employer about reasonable workplace accommodations. For more information, visit WomenInGovernment.org. And now let's get out with the show. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Keep the winds in the sail of the Corolla Pirate Ship. Be sure to click through on the banners and support the people that support the podcast. We appreciate it. I have a new thing going on. If you sign up at drdrew.tv, we, you will get a email blast that will allow you to jump to the head of the line when I do a live streaming show on the weekends where I just answer questions. And it's just live and it's streaming and it's very fun. Mm-hmm. So do check that out. Also, don't forget After Dark. It's all at Dr. Drew After Dark. You can get that at uh, drdrew.com along with This Life You Live and – Everything else is there, including the Adam and Dr. Drew show and the AM790 KBC program. And today it's Justin Sylvester, man. Welcome. Finally, we did this. I know, We've been finally. trying to do this for like a year. Justin, but I'm on the wrong show. I want to be on Dr. Drew After Dark. Oh, you want to be on that one too? I want right, to talk. We'll do, yeah, we'll I want to talk. I ta- How nasty does it get on Dr.
2: Drew After Dark?
1: It's not nasty. It's, it's we watch horrible videos. It's, it's a spinoff of your mom's house. And we talk, uh. and we just, they send me horrible videos. And they just try to shame me. Oh wow! They try to I, uh, make me uncomfortable and ashamed. I, I That's thought the it was nature of that show.
2: I thought you were taking over for um, talk sex with Sue Johansson.
1: No, Oh, oh <laughs> man,
2: she's still doing that. No, I'm <laughs> so sad about it. I, I went am up to so Canada. About it, I
1: went up to Canada and saw her and did it with her. Wow! I mean, did the show with her? It was the strangest experience. You go, you, they do it. They record it. It was a TV show, and they recorded it in the Toronto Blue Jays like booth. Like they like for broadcasting the game, they they commandeer their booth and sort of turn the cameras inward. And you're in the Toronto Blue Jay Stadium and they bring you up beforehand to meet in like a conference room and it's just these three little old ladies mm-hmm. talking about going to cottage and they had scones out. It was the funniest thing Dude, ever. she's a national treasure.
2: She's the biggest thing to come out of Canada next to Shania Twain.
1: Uh-huh. Like I'm telling
2: you, that's how I learned about sex. Really? My mother never talked to me about anything. My father didn't say this is the birds and the bees. What's matter? You. you didn't listen to Love Line? What the hell? What well, You know – Yeah. <laughs> Once I got to yeah, college, uh, uh, once I got to college, I ended up with Loveline and Delilah. Yeah.
1: I was right, going good. back and okay, forth. Good. All right. Excellent. Uh, I'm good. And um, so, yeah. So I got to know her pretty well. She's lovely. And she her, she, her claim to fame was she actually is one of the first – she was a, an RN and she set up some of the first SD D clinics in yeah. schools in the history of Canada. And That's so she cool. was doing all this really public health stuff way before the TV stuff started. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting woman. Uh, so let me tell about Justin. Justin is uh, weekdays at noon on E exclamation point. Uh, you also can find him on Twitter at the Lady Sitter uh, and Twitter as well. Uh, new episodes Wednesday on E News YouTube channel. Tell me about that, Just the Sip. Oh yeah, I have um, Just the Sip is my long form show. Didn't we do um, that? Did not I do that with you? You did it with yeah, me. Yeah,
2: and you sit down. We have an hour long conversation, and it comes on YouTube. Um, every Wednesday, and then the unedited version goes on Google Podcasts, oh, cool. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. So you can hear the raw, uncut version on Wednesdays. Do you pull people off of the e show onto that? Yes. Um, yeah. But now people are hearing about it and hitting me up in my DMs to come on the show because
1: they want to tell their sides of the story. What's says Daily Pop is noon on e. Why? why I'm always there at like 10 o'clock.
2: Because twelve o'clock, twelve Eastern eleven time. Central,
1: East and Yeah. Okay. So you do it really? It's nine o'clock or something, right? It's really nine o'clock on the Pacific. Yeah. Okay. Because whenever I've done it with you, that's where
2: you have to get there at the ass crack of dawn. No,
1: no, no. It's I get because I got to get out of there by ten o'clock. I have a radio <laughs> show after that. I knew I wasn't there at noon. Uh, these guys have great guests: Jared Leto, Julianne Hough, Eva Longoria, everybody. Do you guys interview everybody? Everybody, everybody I, comes through, and your co-hosts,
2: so awesome, um, Carissa Culliner and Morgan Stewart, and. We just have a good time. It's like the laid-back daytime show. If you don't want to fight like The View and you don't want to like
1: sit and watch Michael Strahan for four hours, you can come and watch us. Gary's going to turn your mic around, I think. There we go. Oh, thank you, Gary. It's all good. Um, I'm doing a lot of umming today, which is weird. I just uh, normally don't do that. But I am surprised – I didn't know your previous history with Kyle Richards and Real Housewives. I, I had no idea. I just know you from when we've encountered each other. At yeah. e. uh, Beverly Hills Nannies. Tell me more about all this. I had a oh, graduation on LSU last weekend.
2: Oh, dude! Yeah. Best birthday gift of my life. When's your birthday? I turned thirty-three on Saturday. My kids turned 27 on Monday. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so on the LSU Alabama game, actually last Saturday, I turned 33 and it was, it was a great game. A great game. I was 46 41. 46 41. I was literally rehearsing for the People's Choice Awards. Oh. And nice. watching the game while I was rehearsing. People were so upset with me. <laughs> so upset with me, but I could miss it. But yeah, I'm from Louisiana and I met this woman named Allie Landry. I know um, Allie very well. The, Allie Landry came I, uh, into a restaurant that I was working at when I was 17 years old and was like, you need to move to Los Angeles. Oh. And here's my phone number. And oh whenever you're ready to move, please let me know. And then I saw her again a few years later when I was 20 and she said the same thing. So when I moved... I screwed
1: her life up. I was predicted she was going to marry Mario Lopez and then she did and or almost did or whatever happened there. <laughs> I was like, sorry guys. I thought that was going to work out. No,
2: no. But she's
1: happy now and...
2: Yeah, um, and so is he. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. and they're
1: sure they harbor no ill whatever.
2: Yeah, uh, but she uh, was like let me know when you want to come. And I called her when I got here and she took me in for a month and introduced me to Kyle Richards. Wow, how it, nice of her. That's crazy. Really cool. She's a
1: pretty cool person. She's an it?
2: unbelievable person. Yeah. And Kyle Richards was like, hey, I need an assistant for three months. And I was like, great. And then three months turned into five years and then five years turned into a spinoff show. And then I ended up at E.
1: Those was the Beverly Hills Nannies with the spinoff. Yeah. And it was nuts. Nuts. So talk about being on a reality show. <laughs> It's not for me. Uh. I mean, you don't like producers going. Hey, Kyle just said she's thinking about firing you. I, you know, I know you've been there five years, but I just heard her say <laughs> that you just have sucked all five years. What do you think? <laughs> right? let's, do, let's do a. Let's do a. What do they call a mock? It? Like no, a mock a, interview, like, right? No, let's do a fly. What do they call them? Fly flybys. Uh, what do they call those interviews? They're doing all about? on the fly. Let's the do an flys. OTF. Let's do an OTF. Yeah, Ready? yeah, yeah. Kyle said, "Kyle says you're horrible." OTF. Here and we go. Like, what? Who? She said what? <laughs> she said who? No, reality TV, I'm telling
2: you right now, people think it's so easy, and it is not easy at all. And watching her do that for five seasons right behind her and then going on with her being her friend and you know her confidant for five more seasons after that— I just don't know how they do it. What's hard about it for people that have not been in front of those cameras? First of all, it's not exactly what you think it is. Like when you see an episode of a reality show, that's a week of filming, sometimes even two weeks of filming. Um, And what happens is you have to go through the drama for five months. You have to talk about the drama in your interviews for two months after that. And then once you get over everything with these people at a finale party, you have to relive it while it plays on TV and see what the other women say about you and get all in your emotions again.
1: But there's, there's an element that's sort of difficult to pin down where the producers screw with things. Yes. Because they'll say things like – Hey, there's not a lot happening this season. If you guys want to get another season, you, I just talked to the network, and they're saying they're, you're on the ropes. So oh, they us it up. No, and no, then, they are Oh, it. by the way, Lisa ran it just at Con. Lisa was, I talked to Lisa yesterday. She said you're fat. What's, you know, yeah. something crazy like that.
2: No, no. What they do is, and this is interesting because I was a reality TV producer, actually. Do you on, watch Unreal? I love Unreal. Is that not exactly how it works? It's exactly how it works. There's just one other thing that happens, which is, once you tell one woman or one other castmate something, it's like lighting a fire. Yeah. Cuz that person will tell someone else and yeah. by the time it gets to the actual person that the other person said about, yeah. the story has become bigger mm-hmm. than what it's supposed to be. Of course, like telephone. Telephone. And then and, you and, add and in a chardonnay.
1: and again, <laughs> right, you add alcohol in, <laughs> and and the and the producers do also heat it up. They 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 throw they throw I, it all at you. So in Celebrity Rehab, they started that nonsense and I was like, "Get the Fuck away from my patients. Do not get near them. And it got to the point where I was furious about it because these are sick people and you're screwing with sick people. You can't you – know, get, get the, but get, how did you find out? I, I just sort of saw – I would sit in the control room sometimes to see what's going on with people and I'd see the producers talk to them. I'm like, oh, get – I'd dive into the room like, get out of here. And it got to the point where I would say, uh, OK, I'll, we can do this season – nobody speaks to the patients under any circumstances. Not one word. Everyone's blind yeah. to the debate. And me, you can ask me five questions. How's the patient doing? What's the discharge plan? How much is going to cost? What's the family therapy? What's the aftercare plan? That's it. One more thing. I'm walking the hell off. Yeah. I'm walking off. Has
2: there ever been someone who they really wanted you to get and the person was willing to do it, but you thought they weren't in the frame of mind oh, yeah. to
1: go into the oh, show? Oh, yeah. But more times – there were people that would have made a great candidate for treatment and they and the and the the, the psychological screen you must know this the screening instruments they use to determine yes. if somebody's okay to be on a reality yes. show are worthless i mean worth Less. Horrible. Essentially, are you actively psychotic and actively suicidal? That's about all they ask. Now, drug addicts, when they're thinking about treatment, are often suicidal. So there was a lot of suicidal people around out there. I'm like, get her in here. She'd be perfect. Jesus, <gasps> you can't – I I'll go. Look, I decide who I can oh, treat. Oh, they didn't want the liability. I, I decide who's appropriate for the, pro, the program. Not you, idiots, with your stupid screening programs. I'll tell you if there's – and then they would send me ext- – Extremely difficult patients that never should have been. In yeah, because their screening instruments were terrible, terrible. I was very upset about that. I, I mean, like that show. I mean, I've, unfortunately, there, there's, I, you know, there's footage of me yelling at the camera, like as a like using it like a walkie-talkie. Like I cannot, I can't believe you gave me that. this is this is ridiculous. And then this other one, you wouldn't give me. Come
2: on! That should have been in your slideshow for your birthday. I, I, Where was I that know, footage? I know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> would you ever resurrect that show? Sure. I talked to somebody about, e about it. I'm like, I don't know why you guys hadn't done it. It was so it, because groundbreaking.
1: It's, it's expensive because the celebrities all get paid, yeah, and they have to get aftercare, and that's expensive. And um, but I do it again in a millisecond. Damn. And we got I got plenty of people I'm thinking of that would be great.
2: And, um, do you ever watch Intervention?
1: Huh? like those guys. Love those guys.
2: I didn't... There were so many things that I... I guess I learned a lot from TV because my family didn't talk about anything. We swept everything under the rug. It's like a family curse. Louisiana. Louisiana. Black family. Like, most African-American
1: families do well, that. Well, they... they it, we'll talk about it at the church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. And we're going to... And what happens in our house stays in our yeah. house. And once we go to Sunday, we're going to pray it away yeah. and we're not going to yeah, talk yeah. about it again. Right. And identifying... You know, things that I saw in friends and family members from that show mm-hmm. kind of sort of gave me the tools to figure out how to respond and how to really work through those thoughts about those people. So it's crazy how reality TV kind of really is. Oh, yeah. I know people say it's trash, but at the same time, no, it the, taught
1: me so much. So the therapeutic reality shows, some of them are opportunities to learn things. There, some of them, you get kind of a skewed view of stuff. You don't really because because treatment is not that interesting. Yeah, the drama that goes on amongst and between people and you know the struggles and it can can make people make better television, right? Like one of the criticisms we used to get at Celebrity Rehab was, "Where's the you know where's the treatment?" It's like, yeah, they didn't put that on TV. You're watching 30 minutes of television, yeah. and it's not the treatment is boring. It, it takes it's slow. It's quiet. It's it's you know. It, it, tuning to another person and them talking quietly about their experiences. It's not reality television.
2: What's the one reality show you wish would have never been made from a
1: psychological standpoint? In terms of having done harm. harm. Let's tease that. Okay, okay. We're going to tease that. I'm going to talk to you for a second about Blinkist, everybody. You hear me talk about them all the time. They're unique. It works on your phone, with your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to, either one, whichever you want. Tons of great books. Uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama, Fire and Fury, Inside the White House by Michael Wolfe, and you just get the best. All right, listen, I don't know about you, but I love reading nonfiction books. They take a long time, and -hmm. this is an efficient way to do it. You distill it down to just a few minutes, the key important points, 15 minutes. And with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to their massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience – Go to Blinkist.com slash Drew to try it for free for seven days. It's crazy. And then get 25% off your new subscription when you do sign up. That is Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Drew, D-R-E-W, to start your free seven-day trial. And then also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Drew. Yeah, reality TV is an, is an interesting phenomenon, You know, human phenomenon, cultural phenomenon, and in terms of things that should not have been made um, – Why do you think of that? <clears throat> yeah. I wish
2: somebody would do a reality show about people who have left a reality show and the addiction to that.
1: I want to do – I've said forever we should, I think I told you about this. We should do after reality. It's – Like where is the, the cast of uh, Big Brother 1? For sure. Do you remember George, the chicken man, left his family, left his world, came out to Hollywood, he thought he was going to be a big star? Nobody knew what reality meant back then either. No. And they all thought they were like big stars – and they just rolled on to the next show, left these guys behind. Nothing ever happened. I mean, none of them.
2: Yeah, but those people are still doing, they're on the circuit because there are the survivor conventions, there's those big brother conventions. So you see those people pop up for five grand here, or two grand there. I'd love to see what's going on with that. No, you have to see it because it's so crazy. I've never because, heard of these
1: conventions you're talking about. No,
2: they, I'm telling you, they're like in Poughkeepsie and like oh. there's one in like, you know, Kasimbi's A Cloud. But there is this moment where, you know, I've seen it before where someone gets off of a reality show, a season or two goes by, and they try so hard to get back yeah. on that reality show yeah. because they miss that instant gratification and that right. fame. Right.
1: So when people talk about – and you, you talk to famous people a lot of times. So when people talk about – I did that addiction to fame thing for True yes. true Stories, And what I was saying, like people that are famous, they generally find fame better. Generally, it's losing the fame they freak out about. I would rather not have it. Right. Ever. And, and so and so the losing it gets people all upset, and therefore they're willing to do things that maybe expose them to whatever and shame, and, they, and then sometimes there's parts of themselves they don't want to share with their world, and all of a sudden they're shared, and that, oh my God, that's going to cause me to lose my fame, and they get preoccupied with losing their position. Not, not that it's so hard to be famous. They get, what's so hard about it?
2: No. no. It's losing it. But I also wonder, like, I mean, look- I think about Lindsay Lohan all the time. Yeah. And the That's fact that. That's not good. No, I just feel. Well, let's talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. To have that much talent and to be that beautiful. Okay, let's start with that. So we agree.
1: I mean, Parent <laughs> Trap, genius. Right? Genius.
2: Yeah. Talented. Yeah. Can sing. Yeah. Was beautiful. I think what happened to her is a shame because if you think about. We all had that one friend that our parents always said, Oh my God, this person brings out the worst in you. Yeah. And I cannot believe your friends are that person. Yeah. Imagine if was that, that one girl, you, Justin. No, no. Said, oh, no, no, okay. no. So, your mom said no. that about somebody. Yeah, okay, no, we should it. always say that about got somebody it, else. Like, that person brings out the worst in you. Imagine if that person was your mother. You know what I mean? It was like the perfect storm because she got the fame, her mother got. You know, got sucked into the whole thing. And I don't think it was Dina's fault. I just think her mom got sucked into the fame as well. So there was no one there to guide either of them.
1: Well, and and then Michael, whom I love, uh, Michael Lohan, it, it had his issues. Yeah. And that was not good for Lindsay. And I don't think I think Michael would agree with that. Uh, and then Lindsay got severe addiction. And then you throw that in there, and then all bets are off. For I mean, sure. That was that was addict stuff that she was getting involved in. And I had this image of her, like, without a limb or something, because I just kept thinking she's going to really hurt herself. Thank God she didn't. I mean, the fact that she left this country was probably a great thing for her.
2: The best thing. Yeah. I actually saw her this summer – sorry, last summer in Mykonos, and she looked great, and she looked healthy. But it just reminded me – I mean – I mean, you deal with celebrities all the time. They're surrounded by yes people. Mm-hmm. So the minute they hear no, they can find 10 other yes people around there that's going to want them in that, you know, in that cloud, in that, in that moment, so they can be a part of that.
1: Right. And that's the sad part. Right. So the access, they're willing to sacrifice the human being to the access to the celebrity. Amen. Yeah. And she, does she have anybody trustworthy around her now? Anybody she can rely on? Or?
2: That's the thing. I don't know.
1: I don't have
2: no clue if she has anybody around her. It seems like she's doing better and she's moving on and she's like in the next phase of her life. But the thought of being that on top, being on every magazine, being in every movie, had having your picture taken. Every- I don't think that did anything for her. I don't think she liked that. Did did she? I think she loved it. Oh, did she?
1: Mm. And I think
2: now that she doesn't have it, yeah. I think it's killing her.
1: Oh well. Killing her. That would be the usual fame story. I That's mean, the come usual on. thing, yeah.
2: I've tried to get out of a Bentley and show my vagina, but no one wants to take that photo. People were paying for if, that one.
1: If, if you have a vagina, I think people will pay for that image. I'm just saying. I think that would be kind of intriguing. No, but you know what I'm so, saying.
2: Like, you know, like back in the day, they were like – there was all these – like they were doing all these different. things. It was different.
1: It was different. I, it, we, it was before social media. They yes. they were the preoccupation before social media. Paris, they, Lindsay, Brittany, that was it. That was it. That was, and, and, and to some extent uh, – What's her name? Who's now just completely out of... Out Nicole of the, Richie. Nicole. yeah. Nicole was in it,
2: but Nicole got out of it because Nicole had had that moment with DJ AM. Oh,
1: really? Is that what got So, her? Nicole checked herself out of that real quick. Because I, I would... Uh, AM, AM was one of my... I really had kind of... A, we weren't friends, but he was a dear relationship for me. Yeah. And I would use him all the time to help uh, get people sober. Yeah. He was extremely effective. And he was... Always being of service to people all the time. That's yeah. all he did.
2: I heard he was an unbelievable person. Oh, yeah. But Nicole Richie, I mean, I know this is sad to say, but sometimes losing somebody oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. really turns shit around oh, for you. Oh, yeah. And especially especially puts it some, in perspective.
1: Well, especially somebody like Ams, the other addicts who saw him go out, that was so stunning to everybody. Yeah. Because this was a wonderful recovery. He yeah. Was, and all of a sudden, he's out and he's dying. Oh my God, there were so many horror You don't know, there were so many horrors to his story. So he got in a plane accident. He got burned. Survived. He survived, was appropriately put on pain medicine and anxiety medicine because he had PTSD. Then it was the middle of the opiate epidemic and he had doctors going, Why aren't you taking more of these things? I'm telling you, I'm your doctor. Don't listen to those people trying to brainwash you that you need to get off these things. Literally, I was dealing with that. His, His lifetime, his therapist for many years, She would bring in recovering people. They got him off everything. He was doing well, and his literally his doctor would go, "What are you doing? You're letting these people brainwash you." I'm the doctor. Take these medicines. That's you tell that to a drug addict. Are you effing kidding me? It's on at that point. He and the the last time they did that to him and put him back on benzodiazepine and opiates, lethal combination, went out on cocaine, and that was that. My God, it's really scary. Oh, well then I, I can't even tell you how horrible that all was. I was in the mi Jeff Conway's dead because of it. Mike Starr is dead because of it. People now are kinda of understanding. Oh, I see Yeah. I Mike Starr called me. We worked so hard getting him sober. It was a miracle. He was a really bad drug addict. Remember the guy from Allison Chains? And yeah. He was doing great and all of a sudden one day me and Bob were working with him and he goes, uh I'm moving to Utah. We're like, oh, Mike, please don't do that. Something, something – when an addict does that, it's like never yeah. – something's up. He goes, look, I'm going to live at Cirque Lodge. There's a sober living there. I'm just – I got to get music going again in my life. I got a band I'm going to live with. They're all sober guys. We're like, all right. It doesn't sound right, but OK. Stay in touch with us. He calls me. He goes, I'm having back pain. I go, Mike, whatever you do – Don't touch it. Don't tell a doctor. Don't tell a doctor you have back pain. Two weeks later, dead with the pain medicine at his bedside. <sighs> That's a – look – I'm telling you right
2: now, I grew up in the hood. When black people had crack issues, it was a problem. When white people started dying from opioids, it was an
1: epidemic. Yeah. So that was unconscionable. It was uh, the fact that the medical community separated those two epidemics in that way. I, I am ashamed of my profession for them doing so. It's it's not okay. Yeah. And and by the way, there's acknowledgement at least in the medical community that that was. Not okay. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Because so we made the crack epidemic a criminal problem and the opiate epidemic. Hey, that's a crisis nope, that we need it, to figure it, it out. It is, it is. Well, you know what it is? It's. People are going to love this. Say it, Dr. Drew. No, it, we're, we're here it, to be it, honest. It's, it's white supremacy.
2: It's white privilege. It
1: but it, which really is white supremacy. Which yes. Is, which is white people looking at everything through the prism of their whiteness. <laughs> 100%. And. and, and it is a problem you know you know how i really where the scales fell from my eyes a bit you know i like how much can they really fall from my eyes but reading uh frederick Douglass's biography i he is so clear on this stuff he's so clear and he started going after abraham lincoln i'm like no no not abraham lincoln i go yeah he's right He's, he's right. right. Not that – Not I always knew Abraham Lincoln was a racist. Yeah. But he's also white supremacist. You didn't realize how yeah. deep it went. I didn't know. And, and so it, it helped me like come to terms with my own stuff and where I see it out in, in the world. And yeah. one of the big places was that crack epidemic. Have so. you seen um, the Chelsea Handler yeah. um, documentary on Netflix? I have not yet. But let me just finish one thing. Please, everybody, don't get put off with the the term white supremacy. I'm not talking about skinheads. No. I'm talking about like white privilege doesn't quite characterize it. It's 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 white – it's it's, um, it's, it's it's European uh, exceptionalism or something. It, it's yeah, yeah. it's your white wi- yeah. – I mean white privilege is the best thing. I, mean, it, I don't know. I, I, it's, that's too soft. It's white it, privilege plus. Yeah, okay. Privilege plus. So go ahead. Uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea Handler. Chelsea,
2: yeah. Have you seen the Chelsea Handler, Gary? Have you seen the Chelsea Handler? I've only seen a few clips of it. I haven't watched it all the way through. <laughs> You've got to watch it all the way through. Copy that. And I don't know if Chelsea Handler gets – the recognition that she deserves for not only tackling something that is taboo in her community, but sticking with it, promoting it, and not being afraid for people to call her out on her own white yeah, privilege yeah, yeah. while trying to learn about it. Oh, this
1: was Hi Chelsea, it's privilege or whatever. Yeah, she,
2: yeah, no, 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 it's, it's called. It's, uh, I can't, Gail, can you look up what it's called? It's unreal. Okay, I'll watch it. I had to watch it twice. Okay. Because it was so good. And I couldn't believe how deep she went through it and how she really let people call her ass out. Oh, sure. About her own white privilege. And she said, I got it. Like, I understand it.
1: You you can't do it to yourself very well. Hello, Mm -hmm. Privilege. It's
2: me, Chelsea. Yes. Hello, Privilege. privilege. It's me, Chelsea. Unbelievable documentary. Okay, I'll
1: watch it. Done and done. Yeah, I've gotten. when the you you, I've gotten very interested in Reconstruction because of this because I, I really believe and this is I, it must have affected your fa- your family. Been here for a long time. In the yeah, country? my family's my family's been here for a minute. Yeah, it is Reconstruction was such catastrophe. I, I I feel like and again through the eyes of Frederick Douglass who almost thought it was worse than slavery itself. The the whole Reconstruction period was such catastrophe. It's so crazy. But and, and so I'm reading a bunch about it right now. I'm just i just can't get enough because I. I'm an idiot, you know what i mean where'd you where'd you grow up in Southern California?
2: you see you didn't know
1: I did not know I, I, although I had lots of patients from Mississippi and th- there was a big exodus into this area uh in like the early part of the twentieth century, yeah, and I had loads and loads of patients from the south particularly Mississippi, and um but never no understood but
2: yeah. it's you know living there you get this sense of like, and it's not until you leave it that you realize what you had been living through for the last like 22 years. I lived in South Louisiana for 22 years. The little town that I grew up in was amazing. But there was a railroad track and there was a black side and a white side. And one side was better than the other. And you know, I went to a private school in junior high and high school and my friend's parents would drop me off At the track, they wouldn't want to cross it. Oh, my God. Because they were afraid because it was always this thing that this neighborhood was terrible. I don't think anyone got shot in my neighborhood until I was like 16. And when I say that, I mean in the sense that everyone thought it was like this like crime infested place. Mm. But really, it wasn't that. It just was, you know. Different. It was different. The housing was different because they didn't put any money into that side of town. You know, the roads were Bucked because no one again put money into that side of town, but there in the south, the reality is there was
1: active uh, racism not strong enough word. Um, there was active bigotry, and it was an attempt to recreate the culture of the 19th century. You know, in the eyes of these people, yeah, where where you as an African American person have to be in a certain position relative to them, and that was just that, yeah, and literally killing people to prevent them literally from going to the ballot box. There was right after the war, there was a bunch of African American representatives, yeah, it was looking good, and then the Democrats took over in the Congress, and it just, it just, I I, do you ever read from that period? It's just, just uh, there was a New York Times article last weekend the best most concise little review of that period of history i've ever seen i think i took a picture of it send it to me here. it was from a harvard we'll professor post it on instagram and right? i thought oh my god it is so he got it just got it all down it's such a complicated history and he just got it down oh i think i threw it away did i throw it away hold on here uh, Why all this nonsense huh? <laughs> uh, nonsense oh here it is there it is the lost cause built jim crow it's called uh how can I you text got, it? I do. I must have your number. Give it to me. I'll yeah, get I it have to have you. It. Uh, this see. is amazing. Three three seven. That you? Yeah, that's yeah. mine. Don't say the rest of it. I Dr. Drew have people calling my ass <laughs> at all hours of the right, night. It's coming to you now. All right, let me talk about uh, our friends uh, at Purple Purple Mattress. Yes, lots of mattresses out there. You ever use one of these Purple Mattresses? We use them. I actually have one. I am. me too. They're I really have good. They are really good. If you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you must try purple. They're like nothing else. They feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Uses a brand new material developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like that memory foam you're used to. It's just you can you can get out of it easily. You don't. It's just perfect. It really is just a great mattress. Feels unique because it's both firm and soft. Keeps everything supported while feeling comfortable, breathable, so you're cool. And uh, we have a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return the mattress for a full refund. It shows up. You roll it it out. And if you want to roll it back and send it out, it's free. And it is backed by Mm -hmm. a 10-year warranty. So you know you're covered. And, again, as I said, free shippings and return. You're going to love Purple. And right now for our listeners, you get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That is in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text D-R-E-W to 8488 Again, the only way to get this free pillow is to text DREW to 84888. I think I said 8488. It's 84888. So it's 84, then three eighths. That is DREW to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Let's take a couple calls, right, shall we? Let's take a call. Uh, let's talk to Tom. What's up? Hey, Tom. Yeah. Hey, Tom, what's yeah, up? Yeah, hello. Hey, man, what's happening? Oh, hey. Yo, hey. Drew? Yeah, hey, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. I was waiting for, okay. That's it's me. Great. Yeah, great. Thank you. You bet. Talked to a couple times in the past on the Adam and show. You um, had referred me to Alan, and that was a yeah. great referral.
1: Good for but you, I'm, man. I'm
0: calling. Uh, I'm calling for uh, my personal. You're my personal physician, so I'm calling you. All right. But uh, I had a question. I'm 52, and a uh, couple of things. One's about cholesterol, but I, I was uh, it was recommended to me to get a shingles vaccine. Who recommended? I had never heard of that. Who recommended it? Uh, the Terry Bradshaw commercial. Oh, that's where you saw it? was
2: the Terry Bradshaw commercial? <laughs> Don't listen to shit Terry Bradshaw says.
0: <laughs> <No>. well, <laughs> no, actually, my father was talking about it. And uh, he said, at my age, I should be getting that. You're,
1: you're a bit young. You're a bit young. Really, 60, 65 is when we really start talking about it. It's a two-part vaccine okay. called Shingrix. I've had it. It's yeah. pretty, It's a pretty miserable vaccine. Hang on, I got a mouthful of food. I got to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: trust Terry Bradshaw. Why? Don't ever trust Terry Bradshaw. Why? I, who cares why? The conviction with which he <laughs> said it was so brilliant.
0: <laughs>
1: you ever met Terry?
2: Uh, oh, I've met the Terry. guy in the world, right? I've met Terry. In the world. But Terry be slinging shit he don't believe in, okay? You know, and it's like, you know, Terry for Zale Jams. I'm like, Terry, you don't even take no Zale Jams.
1: Terry! Fair enough, fair enough. But shingles vaccine is excellent. It's a new vaccine. It's a two-parter. It's pretty powerful. It kind of screws you up for the weekend. Uh, again, I've had it. Shingles is a horrible illness. It's a painful, horrible rash. I used to have to deal with chronic pain syndromes from it. It's an awful thing. And you can pre- prevent it completely. So uh, you can get it if you want, but you're a little young and uh, it's okay. up to you. What's your other question? So,
0: see, so see, My other question has to do with my cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been... Following Vinnie Tortorich, no grain, no sugar, Mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of years now, and and I happened to drop about twenty pounds doing that, doing nothing else. Nice. Uh, However, my cholesterol did pick up a bit, um, and um, uh, of course, my cardiologist wants to put me on statins but um
1: i would do it i'm I, on a statin yeah. if your ldl is not coming under control th- that is clearly important to get that ldl below 100 clearly mm- okay i'm having a okay. follow-up now, I, you, having I a follow-up did, cardiac did scan. Have a CAT scan and my but, yeah.
0: calcium score was zero
1: beautiful that's awesome i'm having my follow-up in yeah. january
0: okay and then uh, there's there's no family history of Heart disease of any kind. Yeah, but Tom, it's clear. You don't think I should do that? I
1: do think you should if you can't get that LDL. If your HDL is, you know, 40, 50 and you can't get that LDL below 100. It's pretty clear that not only are you going to really reduce the risk of heart disease later in life, mm-hmm. which you can come on later, but also cerebrovascular disease and dementia. You don't want any of that stuff. You don't want it. I mean, you know, all that southern food. You yeah. want? to have you worry about your stuff. Look, I'm not worried about anything. I'm just trying to get on.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to get on that mesothelioma lawsuit. I'm just trying to jump on that. <laughs> I tried the vaginal mesh one, but they wouldn't let me on that one. I, it's, once again, you've got a vagina. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. You know what? You know what? This is my biggest peppy. Eve. Every time I see a commercial and it's like, you should take this medication. And then it's like at the end. Don't take if you're allergic to this medication and it's like, how do I know if I'm allergic to that goddamn medication?
1: Everything they say that's a qualifier at the end of the of the commercial is attorney speak. It's nothing there except to say, We said it. We told you. We told you. It's it's nothing real. There's nothing that can change anything. Look, I am a thirty
2: two year old gay man. Massive diarrhea is fine with me. I will lose some weight. I'll be ready for Halloween.
1: Like I'm like that is not turning me off. Yeah, but that greasy diarrhea they put up, they may not be so fun. <laughs> they, say, they don't say big diarrhea. They say greasy diarrhea. Oh
0: my god, that's,
1: that's the tough part. Those commercials kill me. So yeah, so I'm gonna, you're gonna help me, just the way Chelsea gets called out. You're gonna help and call me out with stuff if I if I get. Don't see things I should see in the world, like what a crack. But you're aware. That's the thing. I'm
2: trying. We just need people to be aware that things aren't the same.
1: Well, I think we need new language a bit because, because I think because a lot of white people go, well, "I don't see a lot of racism. I don't see it. I don't see it because they're looking for racism, you know, writ large." Car app Kevlar, for sure. and they don't think about this other thing, which is a perspective. That makes it, it's hard. You have to step outside of themselves to get it. Yeah, yeah, and well, that's different.
2: But it's also like you know, I deal with a lot of people in the LGBTQ community. Same, same phenomenon. Same phenomenon. Going up, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes the L's and the G's don't get along, and the oh, G's look at the T's oh because they don't. It's like a whole thing. And and for me, there's two things I always say: the G's and the T's, and the, the G's. <laughs> and the, like everybody is at each other's throats at some point in life, and. You know, it's very interesting because a lot of times when we talk about, you know, LGBTQ things and people being proud and loud and mm. coming out of the closet, like we're talking about people in LA and New York, mm. what about the guy in Jackson, Mississippi who still is in that closet That's door? Right. Just because it's good for for here
1: doesn't mean it's good there. It it's it, we have to again be very careful because for instance out here uh in the woke areas Coming out is sort of like, well, why would you even do that? It's like coming out for heterosexuality. Why would you? Why'd you yeah. bother? But if you're out there, it could be a whole thing. It could be dangerous. Yeah. It
2: could be life threatening. And you know, going through that and living through that and knowing people who are still living in that, mm-hmm. it just I get so upset when people talk about it. Like it's like this. Th- that's like, a whole yeah.
1: other thing we got to deal with in this country. Is how we're all so different in different regions now. Th- It's really crazy.
2: But we need to have that conversation. I I know. You know? Yeah. It needs to happen. And I do love that celebrities are just coming out and being proud. But I also think there are some people who just jump on the letter train for publicity. Really? There I said it. Really? Come on, who? I'm just saying. Who? And let me let you know something. For all you celebrities who are jumping on the letter train, we put the Q in there for y'all's asses. The questioning is for y'all who want to jump on the train. Don't jump on the L. All, all the, don't even jump on the B.
1: I, I say it's all the the ones that want to jump on the L train.
2: It's all the ones who want to be lesbians I mean, yes, and bisexuals. And I'm yes, like,
1: but it's not men, is it? No, it's, it's not. The no, women. It's the no, women. no, it's the women. Yeah. Because
2: men still can't even come out yeah. as questioning, much less bi, much less gay. Mm. You know what I
1: mean? Well, they either, And then you're either – Hiding or not. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, <laughs> right, no. right? It's, it's either a, it's one little, or the other. Yeah, it's
1: a little clearer.
2: It's a little clearer, but a lot of the young girls, and like, you know, I feel bad because they are coming out and they're saying, oh my God, yeah, I'm a lesbian, I'm okay, bisexual. Okay, you're talking, you're talking about Kristen
1: Stewart. No, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I think Kristen Stewart is right on that spectrum. No, but she but she talks about it as being so cool. I heard her on Stern the other day and I was like, is she just doing that to be no, cool? No. She, she, okay, no. Right. she is... Actually, she has found herself. Okay, good.
2: This woman has found exactly who she was. She knew who she was. She just found the courage to explain it. All right, that's and good. And I think for her, she's found it – she's found a way to be her without labeling herself. Mm-hmm. And she's that put was herself her, – That yeah, was her thing, yeah. That's her thing. Yeah. She is fluid. No,
1: and, that, and by the way, that's very current. It's a very – Very current. Yeah, it's a very like acceptable – way to be in her for her amongst her peers in a stuff. I'm talking so about, about the, the ones
2: who come out with a single and they're like I'm not fully straight. Oh. And I'm like, Oh bitch, here we go. Right. Oh, here we go. You again. And I just get upset because people see that, and it's like, okay, if you guys are going to come out now, where were you when we were struggling to get Prop 8 done? Where were you guys when we were looking to adopt kids? Where were you guys when we were all fighting in the street and walking for, you know, HIV and AIDS medications to be affordable and to be readily available? Oh, dude, I I worked. The reason I
1: got a radio was because of HIV. I remember and AIDS, you told me because of you. AIDS, and and. And then I go to karaoke at Stonewall all the time. And Stonewall is the place in New York City where they – in Greenwich Village where they they stood up to the police yeah. during during a vice 50 raid. Fifty years ago. Yeah. And that's uh, it's quite an interesting place to stand on that ground. Let me ask you this question. Two questions. Yeah.
2: Is your – do you have a large gay audience? Do you know? I don't know about large, but I have some. You have some. Um I heard there's like this new strand of HIV, the first one they found in since
1: everything hit. There is a new strand, yeah. Yeah, should we? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yet. Not yet. It just means that it, we know that the virus is very good at changing itself. Mm-hmm. And now it's changing enough that it's like, ooh, that seems to be a new thing it's doing. But I don't know that it's going to change treatment or anything else. I but don't are
2: know. people's PrEP? Going to work? The Truvada. Is it, that I've going heard, to? I've not
1: heard any evidence that it's not. I, I would think I would know that if there was any worry about that. Yeah. Now, I'll let you know if I hear anything.
2: That's kind of – I mean, that's, that's a whole other phone call. That's a yeah, yeah, whole other – you, call me. you another... heard anything, you
1: call me because because I'm a big believer in PrEP. Uh, I, I do think people need to still use condoms.
2: There's a lot of syphilis and stuff going around. But that's the problem. I people, know. People I, aren't I, using the condoms. I know.
1: I know. But they're, they wouldn't anyway. You know what I mean? I, I'm a big – I don't I don't want to blame PrEP for that. We're talking about pre-exposure prophylaxis, HIV. And, <laughs> you, you, are you going to blame it? I know. I live in West Hollywood. And I went to –
2: um, I went to CVS to pick up some prescriptions and yeah. groceries and stuff, and I went up to the pharmacy and I gave the lady a box of condoms, and she was like, Ah-ha! like literally, like, wow, no one's bought any of those in a very long time. Wow, and I was like,
1: wow, that's not good. That is crazy. Yeah, that's kind of why I've wanted to do a love line type thing. Is because I feel like people are so rarely screwed up. With their sexual behaviors. It's kind of uh, – my original intent with Loveline was it, a medical show about the biology of sexuality. Yeah. That was my intent. HIV and AIDS motivated me. I had tons of AIDS patients. Did that for about 10 years. Lots of AIDS. And it was it's, one of the darkest, saddest periods. People – there's no one left to remember it. And it was horrible. Wow. Horrible, like it's so sad. I can't even tell you. Occasionally, you see some TV that kind of gets at it a little bit. The Deuce, yeah. the Deuce got at it a bit, uh, and it just it's just beyond awful. Yeah, and it it motivated me to get on the radio and start talking about it because no one was talking to young people at that time, and it was considered just crazy to talk to a young person about a condom. It's so crazy. Think about that. You don't really we. Whenever I'm frustrated with uh, sort of this wokeness and the current you know cancel culture and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Every once in a while I think hey, we have really moved forward though. Yeah. We have really moved forward in a lot of ways and we should take
2: inventory on that. Dude, we've so come many ways. So many ways. When I came out the closet in 2009. Till well 10 was it years in, in the south? No, I was here. Yeah. Yeah. I had moved to LA by then. I was like living, I was comfortable and I honestly didn't come out because I didn't want to make my mother uncomfortable. And it's, I a know it's a common thing it 's a common thing, like you know, I was l- happy to live my life yeah. and take the torture and you know hear the names because I had been called them all my life. everyone kind of sort of knew, but I kind of waited because a lot of times when you grow up in a church or in a small community, a lot of times they think, "Oh, what did the parents do wrong oh. <laughs> and your parents often think the same thing <laughs> like what's oh, we got to fix you <laughs> we have to fix you mm-hmm. um, mm. and i've had my fair share of praying the gay away you know moments, but you know, I came to LA and I was like, you know, now I can like finally do it because my mother will not have to see it every day, or like people won't be reminded I'm sure of it. She and didn't it, care? I don't think she cared either. Yeah, I think she was more like, do your thing, and like, you know, I would never talk to my mother about sex in the first place, mm. so I surely ain't gonna talk to her about no gay sex, <laughs> and she ain't gonna ask me about no gay sex. But we don't talk about, you know, like we just something that like we just don't talk about. That's right. No, it's fine. It's totally
1: fine. Yeah. It, it, there's lots of families that have lots of different things like that in them.
2: Yes. But I didn't have like a – Everybody's
1: fine. I didn't have a coming out party and it right. wasn't like – See, I think maybe at the beginning of this whole thing, like why, why – it's like when I come out as straight, when I come out as – just get on with life. Just For sure. Yeah. Listen, my friend. It's good to see you. It was good. It really you too. is. We got to do more stuff. No, we have to do we more do, stuff. This right? was so much fun. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about and a lot to share, and we just we are just scratching the surface on some important stuff here. No,
2: I'm, I would love to come sit here, and yeah. if, you know, if you can do me a really big favor, um, a few: a tell your listeners to watch Daily Pop every day at 12, 11 Central. Download my podcast, Just a Sip, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your your podcast, and if you can call one of your friends and get me on that mesothelioma lawsuit, (laughs) I would really, really appreciate
1: it. You don't want no mesothelioma. (laughs) Trust me, it's a horrible illness. Oh, Everybody, adulting like a mother-father. Join partners and new parents, Daniel Monet and Andrew Gardner, every week as they navigate all things adulting. Chat with experts, celebrities, and friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss adulting like a mother-father every week on Apple Podcasts and a podcast one. And then, while you're at it, Download Justin Sylvester's podcast. Where, where should we get it? Let's get it uh, Wednesdays.
2: on iTunes. It's Wednesdays every at ten o'clock AM. Wednesdays on Google, Spotify, Apple. Anywhere you get your podcast. Just the
1: sip. Any celebrities coming up? Oh, we have Robin Givens. Ooh, interesting. Yes, and we talk about it all. Oh, bring it. When's that out? Next
2: week? Next Wednesday. All right, man. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Find me that message, everybody. Bye. Bye, <laughs>